Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of The Doggy Pod. And this dog walks into the vet and says to the Rob, vet... Rob, what are you doing? We're just going to tell you the story about this dog. This is The Doggy Pod. This dog walked in and says to the vet, uh, really I don't even know why I'm here because my owners want me to be here because they said I fart a lot, he says to the dog. And uh, in fact, you probably don't even notice, but I just let one go now. Like, you can't smell them, you can't hear them, but they said I should come in. And the vet said, really? Okay, so here, take these tablets. So the dog goes home and says, yeah, you've got to give me these tablets and my food. And I've got to go back and see the vet in the week. So he goes back in the week and says, Doc, what have you done? Those tablets. Oh, gosh. I can't hear my farts still, but boy, do they smell a lot. And the doctor said, hmm, okay, we fixed your sinus. Now we're going to fix your hearing. <laughs> I'm Dr. Rob Zammett. Oh, uh, the dad jokes have started early. And I'm producer Stephen Peters. And in this week's episode of Australia's favourite podcast on all things dogs, we will explore the challenging topic of doggy dementia. Mm. Is there such a thing, Rob? Unfortunately, we will talk about that. And yes, absolutely, I'll give you telltale signs of that later on, uh, a bit later. But this week, we're also going to discuss estrogen for your dog. Should you be giving your dog estrogen or not? They're probably tied in together, aren't they? Also, while we're talking dogs and old age, is there such a thing, as there is with humans, um, as teenage years, the difficult teenage years in a dog's life cycle where they're just brats. You can tell us all about oh, that. Do they ever stop in some females, some of my daughters? I'm telling oh, gee, I should have such a... Oh, well, thanks everyone for sending in your questions as well to the doggypod at gmail.com. Uh, we've had a few this week again. I'll answer one of your questions later on, but keep them coming. Yes, and, and keep listening because one of them will probably end up being yours. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But first, what's, what's happened at the uh, clinic this week? Uh, it's the second time it's happened this year and I got a bit concerned and did some research about it. 
There's a disease called pyometra in females, female dogs. Pyo is Latin for pus. Mitra is the uterus, uterus. And these dogs have been coming in with uterus full of pus. Normally, it's old, er, undersexed females that this happens to. But in two when cases, you say older, what, what age? Are you usually saying? six, seven years or older, and right. sometimes you know, if they're undersexed, as old as ten or twelve. And the uterus fills with pus. The reason that happens is that the when a, a female dog has her cycle. She then produces the hormones of pregnancy from her ovary and the pituitary gland and continues to do that for the whole cycle of a pregnancy, nine weeks. In other mammals, that's not so. The placenta produces um, the hormones, the progesterone, and so if you're not pregnant, you don't keep having lots of progesterone. In dogs, you have lots of progesterone whether you are uh, pregnant or not after a cycle, and it makes the uterus thicker inside, the endometrium, and, the, and it can turn to pyometra. Pus just fills up the uterus. The weird thing about these particular animals, uh, one of them uh, had not had any season as far, as far as the owner was concerned, and the other one just had just a few days of season, and then you know, were off, they were off colour, they came in, and what happens is, of course, they drink a lot of water, they vomit it up, they don't want to eat, and you think, this is weird. I mean, it's such what, a young what dog. What breed of dog was this? Well, one was a Labrador and the, the other one was a Collie. I investigated it. And in both those cases, the breeder was putting the female dog on progesterone. There's this big push in the breeding world. Put your dog on progesterone. You, your bitch won't miss uh, pregnancy and the pregnancy will go better for you. Not so. If your dog doesn't need extra hormones, giving it to her can cause a lot of abnormalities, and it did in this case, caused abnormalities in both those cases in the females. Fortunately, we're able to de-sex them and save their lives, but it's a life-threatening. Pyometra is a silent killer. Now, I don't know how many people might have been wondering this, but um, I have, because my dog's getting on a little bit, 12 years old now, and I know lots of people have dogs that are well into their teens. And I was just wondering, do dogs suffer the same fate as a lot of humans and get dementia or Alzheimer's or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing where they just sort of lose those cognitive functions. Is that, is, that a, is that a thing? Well, it sure is. In fact, one study showed that dogs that are between 11 and 12 years of age, 28% of them, at least, have Alzheimer's-like symptoms or what we call in the veterinary profession cognitive dysfunction, dementia by any other name. And what would be some of those um, well, the, examples of the, that? Some of them are disorientated. There's a thing that we look at called an acronym we call DISH. Disorientation, mm-hmm. every now and then. Uh, interactions which are different to what they've ever had before. You know, it could be sitting, looking at something or all of a sudden not liking someone they used to like or just uh, weird interactions. Um, sleep patterns, S for sleep. The sleep patterns are often thrown out the window. Dogs wandering around at night and won't settle at night. And, of course, house training can also go out the window as they get older, not because they have uh, incontinence, but because they just have cognitive dysfunction and it becomes very, very difficult. What do we do about it? Um, Your vet will have um, some 
insurance to make sure there's nothing else going on with your dog. They'll want to take blood just to ensure that there's no kidney problems or any toxins building up that are making your brain fuzzy. Yeah, when you just get a cold, hell, mm, yeah. I'm, I'm getting over it now, but yeah, it, it makes your brain fuzzy and it could be something that's going on. Liver disease makes your brain very fuzzy. So they have to rule out all these things. In fact, liver disease can get so bad and cause seizures in your brain. So they is, have to, is liver disease common? Uh, n- not uncommon. Not uncommon in dogs. More kidney disease than liver disease, but yeah, they do get that. Dogs suffer more kidney disease than they do heart disease. But... You've got to rule out all these things, any toxins, to make sure that it's just pure cognitive dysfunction, pure dementia. Once you've established that, then you can talk about what to do for the dog. There's a drug called Vivitonin, which we use, and uh, it's been yeah, quite a good drug. It doesn't work in every case, but I've had some real fantastic results. An old and sheepdog owned by a veterinarian who was an equine vet, and so she said to me, help me, what, what do I do? Mm. So I said, look, try, try this drug. We established it was definitely dementia in this old English sheepdog of hers, and she put it on Vivitone and she said, wow, I've got my old dog back. You know, it, it helps. Um, Is that a drug you can just keep on it for a while or yeah, forever? Yeah, well, you keep them on it now until you know, forever. Yeah. It's, and the active constituent is even used in humans as well. Okay. So it's something that can be used quite extensively i found out um, later on that's used in humans i didn't know that at the time but it helps uh, the neurons repair helps what's called atrocyte growth hormone in in your brain which is um would help which helps the neurons repair as much as they can be repaired mm. antioxidants can also help and in fact that's one of the things i'd probably think about from now on just putting my old dogs on antioxidants it's not going to hurt them um, just get the human ones over the counter and put them on that. Other things that you can try and do, make sure your dog's not fat, for goodness sakes. You know, obesity will lead to dementia. Really? That's, okay. It's related. So ensure that your dog is not fat. And try enriching the environment, doing little things that you haven't done with the dog before. Things like you know, just different toys. Different games and things. <clears throat> different games. Instead of taking your dog for a a long walk out in the street, maybe you know, put it in the back of the car, go to a park somewhere or go to a beach or somewhere different for the dog. Okay. Just a different environment that challenges the dog's primary sense. And what's the primary sense of a dog? Smell. Hmm. So a different environment, different smells, all of a sudden it feels a bit challenging and helps. And then think about the sleep pattern of the dog. Your vet might give you some drugs, but if it's just mild and you're not sure and you just want your dog to sleep a bit better at night, Something like melatonin, which you can buy over the counter, or valerian. We've talked about valerian on the show for all sorts mm. of behavioural things. They can be very, very helpful with some of these dogs, just to ease them back a bit. Valerian especially because one of the things that happens when you get dementia is that you get stressed and anxiety. People that have dementia can be very anxious and very stressed. And in um, a lot of the old people's homes in Europe, they use valerian to calm them down at night. Yeah, you know, people get stressed and worried because it's night time for no other reason other than, oh, it's dark, it's night. You know, no sense to that, but the valerian keeps them calm. So same with your dog. Maybe some valerian at night helps them calm down and helps them sleep. These are the sort of things that you need to think about just to keep your dog happy and healthy through its 
last few years. So just to be clear, what are those those symptoms again? If you, if you if you're worried about your older dog, um, just what are they again? Just so say the top just, five just things. Disori- <laughs> Gosh, some doggy action happening here in the studio Molly right agrees. now. Disorientation. Yep. Um, unusual interactions that they haven't had before. Maybe they had a, a cat or a dog they live with that they'll start attacking or they start barking and everything going by and they've never been a guard dog. That's another one. Sleep patterns that have changed. That's important. Mm-hmm. And house training often you know, goes out the window and they start urinating and defecating in the house. And often that's staring at walls and... Just vague. Yeah, we, yeah into space type area. There you go. If, you've, um, if you're worried about your dog and it's got some of those symptoms, you should get to your vet and have a bit of a yak. So have you ever wondered why your vet might suggest oestrogen for your dog? I have heard of a few, a few friends of mine, uh, their dogs have been put on oestrogen. Mm. And um, can you just explain, Rob, yep. why that would happen and what the benefits would be? Sure. Um, oestrogen is a hormone that you produce naturally in your body. Um, D-sex females don't produce much at all because their ovaries are gone. Usually most of it is produced from the ovary itself and once you're de-sexed, it goes. And when oestrogen goes, it can cause problems with the urethral sphincter mechanism. Urethra is your tube that goes from your bladder Mm. down into the vagina and yeah, you know, or penis in the male, and you know helps you urinate, of course. But there also has to be some control with the sphincter mechanism. That's the muscle that you know stops it from just leaking when you're just laying there. But as we know, urethral sphincter can go as you get older, as you have no estrogen, both in humans and in dogs. It can happen very early in some dogs when they're desexed young and don't never have a season. They never have a cycle. They never produce any estrogen and the urethral sphincter mechanism lacks any tone. Estrogen increases the tone of that, and it helps with urinary incontinence in females. But you have to be careful. Estrogen can be dangerous, of course. Uh, I had a Weimarana brought in to me that was hemorrhaging Stephen from the gums, where, where the teeth meet, there was blood there. And uh, I said, what's going on? Are you guys giving anything? No. And I said, she's in season. They said, yeah, she's been in season for about oh, weeks and weeks. And I said, we have to open her up and have a look. And sure as eggs, one of the ovaries was chock-a-block full of cysts. The other ovary was normal. Wow. We removed that cyst, and within a few days, the hemorrhaging stopped because estrogen stops your blood coagulating and causes a lot of hemorrhage that way. It can also be toxic. I mean, the toxic doses are when you get to more than one milligram of estrogen for every kilo, it's a high dose, then it can cause toxicity. Mind you, even on low doses, you've got to be careful. When you do prescribe estrogen, you should talk to your client or your client should talk to the vet, if you like, about doing a blood test maybe every six to 12 months. What it can do is cause some toxicity of your bone marrow and so you don't produce red cells. If you get onto that quickly, you may realise it's the oestrogen, you stop the oestrogen the, the, um, therapy and it comes back. But oestrogen therapy is referred to as HRT, hormone replacement, replacement therapy, therapy, just yeah. as, as it is in people. 
what are the other things that it can cause? Too much estrogen can cause um, memory tumours. But in the doses that are given for urinary incontinence, very, very unlikely to. Can react with other drugs. It can um, decrease the, uh, some of the anti-epileptic drugs, the people, anti-seizure drugs that are used in dogs. Uh, they can decrease the potency of the estrogen in the body. So the vet will be able to look at the interactions that that has. But a very, very useful drug. I do use it. Um, it you know, it's very reliable in females. It does not work in males and at all with the urinary incontinence. But for females with urinary incontinence, it uh, generally works a treat. So just finally again, what, what would be the symptoms that somebody might need a dose of estrogen for their dog? Mostly, mostly it's because um, the dog is, the female dog is just laying there and there's a puddle right there where she's been laying. She doesn't even know that she's passed urine. Right. Urinary okay. incontinence is the main reason that people will use estrogen therapy. Well, we seem to be talking about a few things related to age on this episode, but um, is there such a thing like with humans where, you know, those teenage years, those difficult teenage years where they don't listen to their parents and they don't do what they're told and they're just general rat bags? (laughs) Uh, A lot of teenagers, I I could be sort of, you know, generalising here. But anyway, is there such a thing in dogs, teenage years? Well, you know, the, yeah. the, the in human years equals dog years and all that there sort is, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, the adolescent dog. Yes. Um, hormonal changes occurring in their body as well. And, and what age are we talking? It varies in dogs because dogs vary so much in size. Mm. Remember, this is the species that has more variation than any other species on this planet and has more variations than any other species that's ever been on this planet. No Good species, yeah, No species yeah. has such variations as dogs. The Chihuahua is related to the big St. Bernard. Where does that come from? The bald Chinese crested is the same species as the Afghan with hair all over it. Yeah, there's not all happened, but it has. So the variations in age are anywhere from six months to 18 months. It, you know, that's the adolescent years. Some dogs have grown out of it by 12 months of age, and that's usually the little dogs. You know, six to nine months, a lot of small dogs are out of their adolescent years and starting to mature as adults. So what, are the, what, what sort of things would you notice uh, if your dog's young dog's going through those difficult years? Well, probably one of the worst things that can happen, of course, is the secondary stage of them um, becoming a bit fearful and with bad experiences. It's often called the second fear period, and it's vital to manage that properly. Just if all of a sudden your dog starts getting fearful of things that's been fine in the past, start managing properly. Socialise your dog properly. Um, you know, a, a typical rambunctious teenager is going to want to tear up the backyard. That's why people often say you can't have a garden and a dog, especially when it's a young dog. Mm. Now they want to dig up the backyard. They want to chew things. Haven't we all you know, come home to our dogs having chewed something that we left out that we shouldn't have? We blame the dog, but... You shouldn't have left it there. Uh, that's not uncommon. But, but some dogs during that those teenage years just can't help themselves. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, and you shouldn't leave your underpants on the floor. <laughs> one of my friends, he, I pulled out some underpants from her, one of my friend's dogs and he said, wasn't mine, I put mine in the, in the uh, 
in the basket. I know who it was, my wife. <laughs> and he was right, it was female ones. We won't mention that, were we, Carrie Ann Kennelly? <laughs> She's a good friend and a gorgeous person. So, yeah, these are the things that you've got to be um, aware of. Uh, teething's usually over by the adolescent years, uh, but, but they'll still want to chew things up. And it's a very, very important time to do the bonding with your dog. Now, at this time, if you don't spend the time bonding with your dog, then when he's an adult, yeah, it's a bit like the cat's in the cradle. He's not going to worry about mm. wanting to be with you. So, so bonding meaning spending a lot of time yep. hanging out yep. together. Ensure that the dog's getting uh, uninterrupted sleep somewhere. You know, just ensure that it's got a good area where it can go and rest itself. Training is vital during this period. They can really learn a lot as well and they will pick things up very, very quickly. And don't forget, exercise, have a routine that the dog will fit into. If all of this doesn't work and, and you get overly worried, you need to talk to a behaviourist now before it becomes a real problem for the dog later on. You don't want the dog to become a fear biter or just aggressive and dominating dog. Now, thanks everyone for sending in your questions to thedoggypod at gmail.com each week. I'll answer as many questions as I can and keep on listening. Your answer will come up sooner or later. Now, this one is from Jason. And Jason says, Hi, Rob. I would love to know more about the prevention and treatment of twisted stomach in large dogs. We lost our last dog de Bordeaux. Uh, what's a dog de Bordeaux? Oh, you've seen one. What sort of, is that a Have you seen the movie Hooch? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. That's well, a... that was a dog de Bordeaux. It's a French mastiff, sometimes okay. they're called. But yeah, Hooch was a dog de Bordeaux. Big, okay. very big dog. Yeah, those big wrinkly type heads. And when they flap their heads around, they, you hear... Blah, 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 blah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Well, anyway, Jason, yeah, sadly lost uh, his last dog to Bordeaux and it left them devastated. With our new dog, we are so paranoid about it. It's scary. Uh, is, the pretend- is the preventative surgery the best and only answer mm. for, for twisted stomach? What is twisted stomach and okay. what would you do so, for Jason? Firstly, Jason, I'm so, so sorry about your first dog. It, you never forget them. And you don't replace them, of course. Your new dog is a new love, and that's really fantastic that you have gone on with that. Um, so what the dog has got is bloat. We have spoken a bit about bloat. Bloat is where the stomach fills up with gas and froth and just keeps on filling. I mean, the signs of bloat is the dog will, will be restless to start with. Then they'll try to vomit, but unproductive. They keep trying to vomit and nothing comes up. You can see they're uncomfortable in the stomach because it hurts. It really hurts. Then the stomach starts to blow up with more froth, more gas. As it blows up big, it can't. You know, there's no room for it, and it just literally twists upon itself. Once it twists, it's you know, really dangerous. It's a dangerous situation from the start. This is a true emergency situation. There's no, you know, probably very few that, that match this as an emergency, and you've got to get moving really fast. So what can you do to prevent it in the first yep. place? Yeah, that's there is a list a mile long of things that people have tried to do. Yeah, People say, oh, don't feed commercial food, don't feed dry food, because dogs that are fed dry food get bloated. So the reason dogs that are fed dry food get bloated is that dry food is the most common thing that people use. 
In fact, the manufacturers of, of dry food, all of them, have put millions of dollars into trying to study bloat to see if it's food-related, and none of them have ever been able to cause a dog to have bloat during the study. That's the biggest problem of it. So the things that you do is you try and maybe break your meals up a little bit to twice a day. Firstly, you've got a dog here. Dog de Bordeaux is a big, deep-chested dog. They're prone to bloat. What other breeds? Great Danes, of course, any of the Mastiff breeds, St. Bernard's, these are all prone to bloat. German Shepherds, big, deep-chested dog. The Basset Hound, everybody thinks Basset's only a little dog because it's short legs, but it's a really big-bodied dog. And bloats are very common in these big, deep-chested dogs. Standard Poodles, Weimaranas, the list goes on. So you've got to watch out what what you're feeding them, of course. Don't ever feed things that are unusual and strange. If the food's a little bit off, you do not feed it to a dog like this. That food will ferment in the stomach and start producing the gas and all the build-up of the wrong uh, products inside the stomach, which will lead to bloat. Never feed food that's off. Never feed spicy foods. Avoid things like pizzas and those type of things. You've really got to be strict with what you feed. Do not feed and then exercise your dog. Of course, you can do all these things. Yeah, you can avoid all these things and still get bloat. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, we don't know. There's a list of 12 things listed in literature of what could cause bloat. And then number 13 is miscellaneous. What do you know what miscellaneous is? We don't know. <laughs> Um, so these but you wouldn't are, suggest surgery? Well, well, surgery is... Jason, it's important to realise that surgery does not prevent bloat. If surgery holds well for the dog, it stops the stomach rotating. If you do own a breed like this, the few things I'd re- really suggest, one, insurance, pet insurance, because um, bloat surgery can be mm. $15,000, $20,000 at a specialist Jeez. center. It's not cheap. Um, and secondly, you know, know where the after-hours services are that can can um, because not all after-hours people can seem to be able to deal with bloat for some reason. It is a difficult uh, surgery to do, and a, a a situation where it is so difficult. And I think I talked about this on the doggy pod uh, recently, where the dog stops breathing because it gets so big. It's right. Remember, the stomach is just under mm. the diaphragm, the muscle that causes you to breathe. It presses on the diaphragm so much the dog can hardly breathe. I've had dogs come in so bad that under local anaesthetic, no general, it's too, dogs too nearly gone, we have just sliced open the, the skin, sliced open the muscle down to the stomach, pulled part of, just a little bit of the stomach out of the dog, literally, mm. and, and opened it up. And then sewn the stomach out, opening out to the outside of the skin. So it stays open. It's called marsupialization. Actually, you open the stomach up and everything starts falling out. That's the dog, if you can get the dog to stand up. And Jeez. You flush it out, but it saves the dog's life. And then you wait for the shock and everything to settle, often 24 hours later, and then you go back and repair what you had to do. So it's a dangerous situation, a complicated situation. Uh, I wish you well with your new dog. Maybe break up the meals to twice a day, but uh, then you've got to be careful of exercise after eating. Don't want to do that until that food has gone out of the stomach. What, don't exercise after eating? Don't exercise after eating. Um, 
it's think about what you're feeding and you know, make sure it's a good quality dry food. The dog the board is a big dog, Steve, and you, you probably couldn't cook enough for it yeah. to you know, a good concentrated food because we're going to talk about uh, different life stages later on in some of the doggy pods. And we will say that yeah, at a young, especially a dog de Bordeaux, the calorie intake is twice or sometimes four times that of an adult dog. So you've got to match up everything and make sure that you feed a balanced diet. There you go, Jason. I hope that helps. And um, remember, everybody, for uh, if you've got a question for Dr. Rob, just send it into the doggypod at gmail.com. Okay, thanks everybody for listening to the Doggy Pod. We greatly appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, of course, and and tell your friends. And it's that time in the show where we say goodbye and Dr. Rob always says goodbye and he's kind of wacky. Yeah, no, thank you very much for listening and uh, you're wonderful for doing that. And if you want evidence of just how wonderful you are, (laughs) then look at your dog's admiration for you. But remember, your dog is totally biased. See you guys. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.